I'm really concerned about my smackdown of the dog. Hello, one and all. Welcome to another wonderful, exciting, exhilarating, invigorating, and enervating episode like the alliteration there of Maine Education Matters. We are your number one source for information and mediocre analysis of all education legislation policy from the Education Cultural Affairs Committee over to the Maine Department of Education and beyond. What we try to do here is we try to provide you and everyone else there with updates, goings on of legislation and policy that are impacting school districts um, in order to help educators and leaders, students and families to have a more empowered and informed voice in Maine education. In a nutshell, we listen so you don't have to. And my name is Matt. And my name is Julie. Julie, today we are looking at March the 29th, and we're going to be previewing a couple of bills there, and then we're going to fast forward to that Friday, which is April the 2nd. We're going to preview a couple of bills happening on that day. Um, Matt, what happened to March? I don't know. Holy moly. You know, it's been like this creep. It's been this, this creeping thing for months. Like, oh, when are we going to get, uh, and now that it's been like here, it's like, wait, 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 what's going on now? It, it went from, you know, uh, things happening at no pace whatsoever to being extremely fast. Went by fast. It did. So let's get into it. Um, on Monday, the 29th, there'll be four bills that are being presented to the Education Cultural Affairs Committee. The the first, at least in the order they have them on the page, is LD52. This one is presented by Representative Brennan out of Portland, and it is titled, An Act Regarding Collective Bargaining Negotiations by Public Employers of Teachers. This bill uh, provides that ed policies related to preparation, planning time, and transfer of teachers are permissive subjects of negotiation if both parties agree. I honestly thought this was already part of what we do. I really did. This, a, a similar bill like this came up last year or last session, I should say. I and love when you can provide historical context. This is, it's, it's a very rare occasion and I appreciate that. But I remember this bill from last session because it caused a lot of, um, a lot of ripples. Hmm because there were folks who were like, well, it was written so broad in that way, planning and prep period wasn't actually in there, but they could negotiate any ed policy, even though the intention was planning and prep time, they could negotiate any ed policy, which means that any kind of education policy decision from a board level had to then be going to negotiate, could go into negotiation. This is a little bit different because this bill sucks that educational policies that are related to preparation and planning time and transfer of teachers are permissive subjects of negotiation if both parties agree. I have a lot of questions on this bill. Yeah, I, I really, I honestly thought that was part of our bargaining unit already or our bargaining agreement. Um, it's very interesting for me to hear you say that this was on the docket 
previously because I wondered if this resulted from all the shuffling we needed to do regarding the pandemic and will there be remote instruction? Who will be doing that? Who's not comfortable coming in? But it sounds like this was in play before. This, this went forward and it passed by the committee. Hmm. It got passed by the House. It got passed by the Senate and it went to Governor Mills' desk and she vetoed it. Interesting. And what I remember is one of the reasons that she vetoed it is, oh, I'm sorry, I misspoke a moment ago. It did not go before the Education Cultural Affairs Committee. It went before the IDEA Committee, I believe, or huh. went through Labor and Housing. It went through one, of, it did not go through Education Cultural Affairs. And one of the reasons why Governor Mills vetoed it is said, well, it didn't go through the Ed Cultural Affairs Committee. Shouldn't it go through there? So here it is again. I like that thinking. I respect that. And okay. So I, I, I see some good here and I see some challenge here with this. Um, you know, educational policies related to preparation and planning time. Okay. Um, is how are, how do policies impact that in contracts? Does this then mean that if like, a, for example, an administrator or administrative team who is trying to make decisions based on, let's say, COVID things and has to shift people around in a lot of different capacities because of an emergency situation, before they can do that, they have to go into negotiation and have a discussion about whether or not it's going to happen, whether or not all parties will agree or, or whether all parties are going to be okay with that. Um, so I think what the boards and the districts are gonna to have to think about is um, are these are, are policies regarding planning time, transfer of teachers, et cetera, um, those are all gonna be negotiable. And then to what extent does that ripple effect have on the implementation and practice of it? The other thing that I wonder here is that line if both parties agree. Both parties meaning the union and the board slash administrative board. negotiators. Right now, right now, one of the one of the few jobs that a school board members have is to implement and approve school policy. This might could be perceived by some as taking that some of that power away from them. And to what extent are they going to be thinking, well, fine, you can pass this bill, people agree, but we don't agree that these things should be, should be negotiated. So no, it's not going to be. So, you know, you know, what I mean? you know what I'm saying? So like if they, if, if in order to negotiate these policies, if both the, the, the union side and the board side have to agree, all one party has to do is say, nope, we don't agree. And it's done. There's no standing. So I asked the question like, does this have any real teeth to it? Hmm. Well, I can't wait to see what Eileen and Steve have to say about this. They, their test, we ha, do we have access to their testimonies now? And not I just yet. Did, we're, not we are, yet. There's a public hearing has, as we're recording this, the public hearing hasn't happened yet. So we'll get okay. their testimony around the day of that it comes around. But that, but this is, um, this is another one of those fun ones that could you know, it, it, it seems like a really good idea. And then you start peeling back those layers of the onion and then there are more questions on it. And so I'm very curious to see how this comes up again. But like I said, last, last session passed straight through.
Very interesting. We'll see what happens. Next All right. One on L- the day. Go ahead. LD643. Yep. An act. Another. What is it? Work group. An act to direct the Department of Education to establish a working group to determine best practices and accountability standards for school boards to manage the performance of superintendents. Presented by Representative Gear out of New Bunkport. What does this one say? What does this one do? Well, I co-sponsors. I was going to say, look at all the co-sponsors and some people that I highly respect. Daughtry, Millet, some others that I haven't heard of yet, but um, Mr. Bailey from Gorham, who we just heard present on the capital improvement adjustment they're hoping to see. So as if you want to read the details of it, but it's to determine best practices and accountability standards for school boards to manage the performance of superintendents. It's always interesting to know a little bit about what has gone on in a community and, and who the author of the, the bill is. I'm anxious to hear what Eileen King has to say about this, but my thought as I read the little bit of information we had was, my goodness, there are so many things that we could strengthen to su- better support our school boards. I know this is very important but I'm just wondering about, is this the, the best next well, step for us to encourage? So that will be an interesting one. Um, it's gonna be a work group. It's not actually, it has any teeth behind it, but it's to say, can we figure out what those are and then get right. those established to school boards? And I, I applaud that effort personally. Yes, I, but I have to wonder, just as the school counselor associations were kind of a, kind of offended that bills came forward about certain trainings they should have. I wonder if Eileen and Steve, who represent, you know, main school management, superintendents and boards, if there might be a little, if they might be a little offended that feeling like they already have these things in place. And if you would stop making me testify on all these things, we could actually do our jobs. I'm, I'm sure that they do have them. What I'm, what I'm curious if this is going to do is to be like, well, let's have these standards be set. Right. You know, um, let's, let's actually make them so that they are consistent across the state so that if board after board, you can add additional components as you want to, you know, what's important to the different individual communities and individual boards, but there needs to be a baseline, a consistent baseline across the board. And to what extent is there? I would think it would strengthen the superintendency pool. I mean, you hear that there are very few interested, but if the expectations are set, like I know when I look at our Marshall rubric for teacher expectations, I wish I would have had that when I started out. It's very clear on what you need to do if you want to be an exceptional teacher. And I think that if superintendents had more clarity around I mean, there's just a huge, huge um, gamut of what their job consists of. So perhaps these performance standards might say to some budding superintendents, you know, gee, I really can do this. This is, I mean, it's not going to be easy, but I know what I need to do. And this has made it clear for me. That's my silver lining. Um, I kind of have an assignment I want to give you. Oh, I never did well with homework. I know. I'm sorry. It's just, what's up? you know how you're doing a great job of 
of keeping track of how many. Nope, I don't know about oh. doing a great job. I don't do a great job on things. Well, I'm I'm I complimenting you. Mediocre. You have done our spreadsheet is state of the art, phenomenal. Well, oh, that's 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 the that's the crack Maine Education Matters team. The the our crew. Right. Well, okay, then your team. Talent. Okay. Well, you have pulled together a great team. I'm wondering if your team could tally how many work groups have been introduced. Well, I will, I will put this on their to-do list and onto their vision board and see if they can come up with a means by which to do so. Thank you. I would greatly appreciate that. And from and there, I will create the sweet 16 bracket or, you know, round you of go. 32. What it's really going to involve we'll is getting, a, our, getting our, uh, our unpaid interns to just physically go and count them. That's really what's going to happen. Uh, next one, LD on the 29th, LD 816, an act to improve communication between school boards and educators by requiring notice of discussion of labor matters. Presented by Senator Rafferty of York. Uh, this bill requires that any meeting between a school board and representation of public employees that is requested by representatives of the employees must occur at a regularly scheduled school board meeting and that the public notice must be given at least 10 days prior to the school board meeting. The bill also provides that negotiations between a school board and representatives of public employees regarding personal matters may not be open to the public and must be held in executive session. This is an exception to current law, which allows negotiations between representatives of public employer and public employees to be open to the public if both parties agree to conduct negotiations in open session. As I read this, I just, I want an example. I, I really would like a hypothetical example or to know why, if both parties agree, not that I've ever seen this happen, but if both parties agree for it to be discussed and open, why would you remove that? What's the benefit I don't of that? Know. I honestly don't know. I, I, I don't either. I don't know either. Let's just stop it at an act to improve communication between school boards and educators. That's the thing that I don't understand about this bill either is if all parties agree to being open, why are we requiring it to be shut regardless? And I would, I, I'm curious to hear why. I'm curious to hear as to what the reasons would be for this. I think someone should submit a bill that for all bills, hypothetical situations need to be um, provided so that those trying to decipher can have a clearer picture. I mean, maybe it's just me, maybe more people know what is meant by this, but I would like to, to see a hypothetical situation of why this would be warranted. Yep. Great. The last one on the 20, on the 29th we're gonna hear is LD 1050, 1050, an act regarding the duties of school boards pursuant to the laws governing attendance at elementary and secondary schools presented by Representative Cuddy of Winterport. So now a few weeks, a week or so ago, we had CTE day, school board day. School board day. 29. This one, I love, I like this bill because it's short. It, I don't, yeah, it's short, but tell me why, like what it's, it's verbiage. 
Uh, yep, the bill specifies that school boards must adopt policies to carry out the laws regarding attendance at elementary and secondary schools. Current law provides that school boards must adopt rules to carry out these laws. So it changes rules to policies. To policies. I guess rules can be broken, but policies can't. Is, is that is that how I'm interpreting this? <laughs> because they're saying you can't break a policy, but you all breaking the rules out there. Stop breaking the rules, and you can't break policy. Ha ha! Gotcha. Yeah. No, everything can be broken. Um. Yeah, I don't understand. I don't understand. Common language. The need for common language. What? So I, I think this will be a this will be a fun one to listen to. I'm curious to, again to see what happens here. But that's that's March the 29th. That's that's Monday at 1 p.m. Starting at 1 p.m. Who knows when they're going to finish? Um, starting at 1 p.m. I am so thankful for YouTube and being able to watch and rewatch. And um, I really I'm not a Netflix girl. This is probably the most I've ever binged on anything. It's kind of scary. <laughs> It's really scary, but I I am enjoying it so much. I really I, am. I will. I I, 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 you know, I agree. Because yeah. you know, it's one of those like, for people like like us who find this stuff fascinating, it's like really interesting watching. I know there are people who I work with and other and know like, you find that stuff interesting. Like it's the most dull, dry. And like, mm -mm. Well, yeah, it's very dull. It's very dry. Yet it's also fascinating to see the arguments people make to try to I always come in from perspective of like all right what's this person going to say especially in public hearing day what are they going to bring up and then when you get to the work session you get all like the backstory and all the other legislative stuff and all the rules it's just it's just cool to see how you know the sausage is made okay <laughs> that's it I like sausage all right um but I am I am just so thankful, as I have been, of what you and Matt started, and to allow me to even try to analyze this information, but to share my passion for education with we, we with never you. analyzed anything. Well, okay, we didn't. All, all we did is talk about what we thought. That's all we're doing here, and and I can say that the the podcast has never been better. Yes, that's a dig at Matt. No, you can say what you want about what you and Matt started, but I would not be here right now in this seat had you not started it because you educated me on the legislature. You piqued my interest. You highlighted things that I would not have known as a curriculum director. So you can sit there and be your humble self, but I'm I, sort I of giving you a pseudo shout out because what you and Matt have done for Maine educators, I, I don't think you realize the impact. So well, my, my therapist would say to say thank you and just to accept it. The 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 person inside of me is like wriggling with it with like, oh my gosh, I can't take these compliments and I have to just like, nope, they're, they're not me and deflect and deflect. So I'm going to listen to my therapist. I'm going to say thank you. Good. All right. And moving I, on. Okay. All right. <laughs> Do you want to talk about what's coming in April or do you want me to move to my shout outs? What would you like? Let's, let's, let's do a quick preview. There's only a couple of bills for April the 2nd, Friday, April the 2nd. April is here, folks. Um, and it's no fooling around. 
but on Friday, April 2nd, at one o'clock, they're having another public hearing. Right now, there's only scheduled three. And I say right now, because they had another day of, of public hearings originally scheduled, and then like, you know, like that, they're gone. You know, they went all Kaiser Sose. Deep cut for you usual suspect fans. Um, but on the, on the 2nd of April, we have three bills, but only two of which we're going to talk about. Because one has to do with motor vehicles, number plates, and bicentennial plate display, which is clearly a cultural affairs thing. And Although we do support the bicentennial wholeheartedly. I don't think we can stop it. Can we break it? Break the bicentennial? Well, I'm going back to our rules and policies. Oh, okay. is a bicentennial policy or a rule? I will say this. I, I do know that there's at least one person applying to be a, a member of the Buffalo Chicken Burrito Association. No way. Yeah, we're working on getting a resume together and sending it over. You're pulling my leg. I, I am not. I could show you the text message. Love it. So love it, uh, love it. of the two bills on April the 2nd, LD 742, a resolve. Okay, you got something good going here. It's an emergency. All right, two things right here. To track youth mental health during COVID-19 public health emergency by ensuring the main integrated youth health survey is conducted during the 2021 school year presented by Representative Fecto out of Augusta. And it has an emergency preamble and five whereases. Oh, beautiful. Well, I can see why that- Whereases this year. Yeah. All right, I can see why that would be an emergency. Time is a ticking. I'm trying to think back. Did they decide not to do the Mehaus survey this year? Because well, this is for this year. You're talking last year's must not have occurred unless it occurred before March 13th. Which it usually doesn't. No, so I'm thinking it did not occur and this bill is saying, okay, we've gone a year without data. This more than anything, we need the data. So, yeah. So this resolve directs the Department of Health and Human Services, et cetera, to ensure that the survey referred to as the Mehaus Remain Integrated Youth Health Survey is conducted during the 2021 school year, in addition to the planned survey in 21-22 school year in order to track youth mental health during the COVID-19 public health emergency. I say yes. I mean, I'm sure there's a reason someone will have maybe not to, but we need to know. We need to know the situation of how our kids are, if there are pockets worse places than others and how we can help. I don't know how quickly the data comes, comes back, but maybe that should be an emergency preamble. If you're going to do this, make yeah. sure it's in a time that can be actionable. What I'm wondering is if we should establish a work group or a task force to study whether or not we should be. Matt, this is very serious. We're talking about our children's mental health. Goodness. I know. Didn't I just go on a jag about how I'm like, going like what my therapist would say? Well, um, I, th I, think because I, I think you're avoiding the next one because you have some PTSD. Oh. That's what I think is happening. All What's right, the next folks. one? It's begun. It has returned. Like Thanos said, it is inevitable. This is the Thanos of bills. They are back. 
hell on April the 2nd. Maybe that's only why there are a few bills happening on this day because they know what's happening. They know. <laughs> LD993, an act, it's an emergency, an act to prevent the spread of infectious disease in schools. Uh, presented by Representative White of Waterville, a bunch of different co-sponsors. And the bill requires SAUs to provide a total of 80 hours of paid sick leave for academic year for public school employees affected by COVID-19. This isn't what we thought it was. No. It establishes criteria for rate of pay during the leave period and provides the part-time employees are eligible for leave based on the average number of hours worked. Bill requires SAUs to offer leave regardless of the length of employment of the employee and it grants the DOE rulemaking authority. Now, the title of this does not align with the summary. I'm so disappointed. I was really looking forward to your PTSD response. Well, you probably heard, you heard in the introduction. Um, I'm convinced that they're still having those, yes. those, those testimonies down in the bunker of the cross building with the cardboard cutouts. They're still reading they're still, the they're 3, still providing testimony. Um, Why isn't this in labor? Uh, because the water hasn't broke yet. <laughs> and I say that because I remember a few years ago reaching out to Matt Shea because there was a law that the two of you were not yet aware of that was going to have a significant impact on schools. So I just, it's, it's just funny how some land before the labor committee and some do not. Yeah, it is funny. This, I, I think one of the things that you bring up with my, with my PTSD regarding the immunizations and vaccinations bills is there are a number of bills already on the docket that have this topic um, that are there's somewhere down there in the list of bills that have been approved that could make it toward the um, Education Cultural Affairs Committee. And it's only a matter of time before the issue of vaccination um, and immunization comes back before the committee. And it's inevitable. Um, and so I think that's what I think my, my concern, my worry is that this is the beginning. This is kind of like that calm before the storm, letting people know, hey, by the way, this is coming. Right. I mean, this, so two things. One, I'm here to support you through whatever comes our way. I can't promise that I will read all 3,000 pieces of testimony, but I will do my best. And secondly, the wording in this particular proposition is something we need this year. So I don't know going forward how applicable it's going to be. But I, yeah. I don't know. I, I, I just don't know. Um, I, I, I think that this is a this is a fine bill. I think this is this is, this is great. Um, do you see anything holding this up? Um, maybe superintendents who don't feel they can find coverage for these teachers on leave. Perhaps yeah, that seems that seems up there. There's no fiscal. But boy, it's a great there. group of co-sponsors, and most in these co-sponsors, one, two, three current members of the committee, a few former ones. Yeah. And it's across party lines too. 
So it's it either there's there's no fiscal note to it. I don't know if there needs to be a fiscal note to it. Um, but yeah, it's about you know employment leave for individuals affected by COVID nineteen, and we we all know how this has been like this has been terrible, and we should support our colleagues who've been impacted. Right. Well, that does it for the ninth. And the, okay, the 29th and the second. And the second. That's that's that week. So uh, pay attention. We'll be we'll be back to, to throw some other things. Now, you have some shout outs. I have some shout outs today. I was kind of not feeling the shout outs. Well, because there's one thing that we've learned is that both your shout outs and shout outs and your smackdowns have consequences. They do. They do. Well, I don't know about my shout outs, but I'm really concerned about my smackdown of the dog. But anyways. Um, okay, please someone get that clip right there. Put <laughs> that on loop. Make that into a meme or something because that would be hilarious. All right, all right. So um, before I begin my specific shout outs, I just wanna say that at the time of this recording, it is International SEL Day and one of the SEL is social emotional learning. Thank you. It does not have any reference to our Buffalo Chicken Association. One um, yes. So I am a huge proponent of SEL and I am just hopeful that there were celebrations or acknowledgements of SEL throughout our learning communities. And I just say to all of our educators, if you are not in tune with your own SEL needs and taking care of yourselves, please make an effort to do so sooner rather than later, because oh, you say. are you are so important and your self-care needs to be first and foremost. Absolutely. So that's my sort of kind of, it's kind of a smackdown. I'm smacking down some rules, but anyways. Um, Lady Smythe shout out is going to Sam Baker. Who is Sam Baker? Uh, Sam Baker is a lovely person who I've never met. No, I've never met. I, I would actually love to, love to buy him a coffee and maybe some chips. Mm, I think he would like spicy dill pickle chips. I have a feeling. The, the work that he does for the Maine legislature is invaluable and widely underappreciated beyond there. So is his official title clerk? Um, I, I think his official title is Captain Amazing. Yes, okay. Well, Sam Baker, clerk, Captain Amazing. My shout out goes to him because at the end of a very long day last week, Senator Rafferty asked, um, he said something to the point of, Sam, I think we're done, are we not? And Sam quipped, you haven't seen the second page? <laughs> and I thought that was hysterical because they were exhausted. It probably was a Friday late afternoon and he had to be exhausted because he has to remain on while they're at their lunch break. So I just shout out to Sam Baker for all you do, but also having a great sense of humor and adding some levity to a very serious topic. So it's, I love that. It's great. He's, he's great. He's, he's it's wonderful in the stuff they do out there to get the information to them and to make it all make, try to make everything 
makes sense is amazing. Um, I'm hearing your dogs in the background. Fortunately, they did not startle me. Yes, my, my, dog, my dog Rosie is barking because apparently someone is walking, dare, they dare walk on the sidewalk. Yes, it happens. Um, and my second shout there. out, my second shout out, speaking of excellence, um, you know, the, we've talked about the educational leaders associate or leaders experience and how I was fortunate enough to be a part of the alpha class and you came along 40% of the time later in whatever <laughs> class you, you were in. Um, but one of the leaders, class for life. yes, one of the leaders in my ELE class provided testimony last week. And she is the superintendent of schools in Gorham, Heather Perry. Heather is so dedicated to our profession and she was providing testimony to really have the committee rethink how we set money aside for capital improvements. And she did a fantastic job. I, I wish more um, educational leaders knew the legislature as well as she does. Um, she was, she firmly admitted or clearly admitted that she was trying to think outside the box, offer some philosophical changes to how we currently do business and credited Joanne and Scott for knowing their stuff and relying on them. So she started a very important conversation. So shout out to Superintendent Perry from the Gorham School Department. Awesome. And I think that does it for us for today. Anything else that you want to talk about? I could talk to you all day, but you know, we have meetings and things to do, places to go, yeah, people it, to Zoom with. Yeah, the, the job never seems to end. But if, you wanted, but if any of you listening wanted to connect with us, talk with us, let us know how we're doing, want to submit a resume to the Buffalo Chicken Burrito Association, uh, let us know. You can contact us on Twitter at Main Ed Matters. Or on Facebook at facebook.com slash main education matters. With that, Julie, see you next time. Next time, Matt.